Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. So today I want to talk about um, a rather difficult word, a difficult concept, and that is trauma. I am interested in this concept. As a writer, as a storyteller, I'm interested in family traumas, individual traumas, but also collective traumas that a group or a community can experience together. How does that translate? You know, how is it reflected in stories, in legends, in folk tales? How is the memory of a trauma transferred from one generation to the next? And are there any silences along the way? So in other words, I think literature is always interested not only in the stories of trauma, but also the silences woven around it. The term itself comes to us from Greek, ancient Greek, and basically what it means is a wound, you know, um, which, is, which is quite physical, which is quite visible. Later on, it, it, it acquires some more metaphorical meaning, uh, a more abstract meaning rather, in which it also means psychological wounds, you know, the wounds that are not very visible at first glance, but nevertheless uh, they cut deep, you know, they, their existence goes um, deep and, and leaves a scar, a psychological scar. So I find, I find all of that very interesting and they played an important, this notion of family traumas or inherited trauma also played an important role in my latest novel, The Island of Missing Trees. And I want to read a short excerpt from, from this book. But before that, there's another concept that I want to share with you, and that is inherited trauma. You know, when we talk about our DNA, our own family ancestry, family journeys, we tend to talk a lot about how we have inherited perhaps our physical appearance, the color of our hair, the shape of our cheeks or chin from our parents or grandparents. But I want to ask a more um, complicated question in the sense that is it also possible to inherit something as abstract, as difficult to define as sorrow? You know, is it also possible to inherit a trauma from the past generations? And that's the question I like to tackle. So um, this is the voice of the fig tree in the book, and, and here she is talking about family traumas. If families resemble trees, as they say, arborescent structures with entangled roots and individual branches jutting out at awkward angles, family traumas are like thick, translucent resin dripping from a cut in the bark. They trickle down generations. They ooze down slowly, a flow so slight as to be imperceptible, moving across time and space until they find the crack in which to settle. The path of an inherited trauma is random. You never know who might get it, but someone will. Among children growing up under the same roof, some are affected by it more than others. Have you ever met a pair of siblings who have had more or less the same opportunities, and yet one is more 
melancholic and reclusive. It happens. Sometimes family trauma skips a generation altogether and redoubles its hold on the following one. You may encounter grandchildren who silently shoulder the hurts and sufferings of their grandparents. Divided islands are covered in tree resin, which, though encrusted round the edges, is still liquid deep inside, still dripping like blood. I've always wondered if this is why islanders, just like sailors in olden times, are strangely prone to superstitions. We haven't healed from the last storm, that time when the skies came crashing down and the world drained of all colour. We haven't forgotten the charred and tangled wreckage floating around and we carry within us a primeval fear that the next storm might not be far off. This is why with amulets and herbs, susurrations and salts, we try to appease the gods or the wandering spirits, impossibly capricious though they are. Cypriots, women and men, young and old, of the north and of the south, equally dread the evil eye, whether they call it mati or nazar. They string blue glass beads or necklaces and bracelets, hang them at the entrance of their homes, stick them to the dashboards of their cars, tie them to the cradles of their newborns, even secretly pin them to their underwear, and still not satisfied, they spit in the air, summoning all the protection they can get. Cypriots also spit when they see a healthy baby or a happy couple, take a better job or earn extra cash. They do so when ecstatic or bewildered. In our island, members of either community, convinced that destiny is fickle and no joy is here to last, will keep spitting into the breeze without ever thinking that in that very moment, people on the other side the opposite tribe, might be doing the same thing for exactly the same reason. So the part that I read was mostly about anxiety, apprehension, you know, the things that remain um, from a traumatic experience, in a way the remnants or ruins of, of a tragedy. Um, you might not have personally experienced this tra tragedy, but maybe your grandparents have. Uh, maybe they don't even talk about it. There are these big silences, pockets of silences in the family. But my point is those silences shape us. They do affect us. Even when we might not know what they are quite about, they nonetheless continue to shape us. Uh, it's not easy to deal with traumas, uh, for sure. But at the same time, I think it is healthier to to try to create an open space in which people, especially the older generations who might find it very hard, you know, the ones who have gone through the traumas uh, personally and don't have a language to express their pain, especially they have uh, an opening, you know, an outlet to express their memories, their hurts, their grief, their own invisible wounds. This is how we heal. Basically, my point is, uh, it is important to remember the past. Memory matters. Memory is a responsibility, not in order to get stuck in the past, not at all, but to learn from the past, to honor the past and to understand the past and to study it calmly. At the end of the day, I think we cannot repair what we don't remember. 
And if we don't repair it, the same thing in different ways happens again and again to societies, to communities. So memory, remembering and creating spaces in which we can talk about traumas, these are all a very important part of individual and collective healing.